All right, George, here okay. we go. Great. So pumped? Feel good? Pretty pumped. Pretty pumped. All right. <laughs> That's some, we're not going to put this in? This is just us getting ready. Everybody listening, we're not going to put this in the podcast. This is me warming up yeah. my voice. Get it right over this. To be the, the comments section of uh, podcasting, I think is what uh, we're often re- referred to as. Yeah, oh God, that welcome. would be. Oh. Welcome everybody to the comments section of podcasting. Oh, uh, we're seeing the the third podcast about movies, mm. and the second one that's still running. Uh, yeah, you can look up. You can look up the other the other two. Uh, this is uh, this is me. I've this is you know me. You recognize my voice. Hey. You don't need me to tell you who I am. You're out there listening. You got you. You figured it out. This isn't your first episode. Probably even your second. You've been around. You've been around for a while. You listen to you listen to this religiously every Wednesday or Thursday night. Sometimes, depending on the situation, you'll check your phone. You'll see the little notification come in, and you'll feel like you'll feel the endorphins mm-hmm. like hit your body. You just you just get that anticipation that you're going to get to hit play here in a minute. You look at is it going to be one of the longer episodes? You think to yourself. And or is it, oh, it's one of the shorter ones. You feel disappointed, but you're still happy to get that, uh, you know, whether it's an hour and 10 minutes or almost two hours. Yeah, it's still those are still the happiest hour to two hours of, of your of your day, probably your week. Um, and, and we're happy to do it. We're happy to be here. Um, so we're seeing best scene. It's not only a podcast about movies. It's specifically we specifically do stuff when we talk about the movies, we just talk about them in general, George, mm-hmm. as soon as you're done taking that sip of your beer, tell Thank people, you. tell people uh, what, like what the actual concept is. Okay. The concept is this. Okay. Check it out. Uh, so we take two movies, just two, never more, at least so far, we haven't broken that one rule yet. Uh, anyway, so we look at a good movie and a not so good movie. And then we take the worst scene from the good movie and the best scene from the not so good movie and then decide which one is better. And um, I think that's it, right? Yeah. And then we vote. And then uh, sometimes we give away, um, we do a fast food giveaway. Yeah, sometimes we give away sweet prizes. So yep. wait till the end. Now, if you don't skip to the end looking to get the prizes, because yep. we'll know, and then you won't hear it. That's uh, You have to actually listen to the whole thing to unlock the prize yeah. section. It's, that's uh, it's, uh, it's, audio it's, technology. It's called the honor system for a reason, people. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. So, George, I said your name. Mm-hmm. Um, did you say mine? Oh no, uh, this is Richard. Perfect. Okay. So we're your we're your co-hosts. We're always here. Going well. Um, it's going really well so far. This is this is going to be one of the maybe one of the longer episodes. If you want to, if you can believe that, get excited. But we're not the only people here. As usual, we have a guest host. And our guest host's name is Ben. Ben, come on, turn your audio on and tell the people about yourself. Um, oh, hey, um, I'm an irate fan, mm-hmm. longtime listener, first time caller, who has joined the show. I have no credentials or qualifications to be here of any merit, uh, but I do like movies. I do like um, these two movies, strangely. Um, and 
I guess that's something. That is something. That's more than what a lot of people got. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> it is. It is. The Ben won a <laughs> Ben won a raffle uh, at the at the state fair. They got him access to this uh, to to the podcast, which was exciting. As as a longtime fan, he was one of the only people at that state fair to enter the raffle. Uh, but um, so still the luck of not having any other fans at the Toronto State Fair. You're in Canada. Is that right, Ben? Yeah. Um, listen, I work with Richard. We talk a lot about movies. I live in San Francisco for a decade and I'm in Toronto. I'm, a, I'm from Canada, which makes me uniquely qualified for the films. I think we're going to yeah. talk about. Um, but I can get into that a little bit later. Yeah, we'll talk about your qualifications as we go. But to your point, you are uniquely qualified to talk about these films because uh, let's let's tell people what the films are in case they didn't read the title before they hit play. Yeah, the George, what's our now? Actually, we'll talk about this after we announce them. But George, what is our good movie today? Our good movie is Blades of Glory. And um, Richard, what's our not so good movie tonight? Our not-so-good movie tonight is The Cutting Edge. Can they both However, be not-so-good movies? <laughs> well, or, or both I mean, somewhat meritable I, movies? That's, I, so that's I, I believe the, we will be discussing that uh, uh, at length uh, in a I, little bit. I, be, I believe we will. Hold on, I'm about to cough. Mm-hmm. I want to, that's become like my trademark where people talk about how I cough on the <laughs> podcast. So the I went into this. Uh, I've seen The Cutting Edge many times, though not in the past 10 years, but I've seen it a lot before then. And I've seen Blades of Glory only once before, before this week. And I went into this thinking The Cutting Edge will be the good movie and Blades of Glory will be the bad movie. Uh, for some, I remembered in my mind, The Cutting Edge was a well-received romantic comic romp that was beloved of audiences in 1992 and it's only grown in people's view over time and uh, i was incorrect in in that uh, in that assumption that i had not only was i incorrect after the quality of the film after watching it again but i was also incorrect uh in how it was received at the time it did not make a lot of a lot of money and it is well it did not it's it's got an it's got an appropriate level of critical response with about a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is yeah. probably about where it belongs. Uh, uh, and then you've got, on the other hand, you've got Blades of Glory, which is like at 75% on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, doubled its budget in terms of the money it made and is definitely a better movie when you watch them both at the around the same time. Did you notice, though, that on IMDb, the IMDb fans have put The Cutting Edge at a higher score? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I know that we're, you know, we'll, we'll address some of this, but um, I, cutting edge, all right, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. We're going to come back and I promise <laughs> I will do my uh, long winded intro to Blades of, of Glory, but um, the cutting edge, I want to say this before I forget it, is Dirty Dancing on Ice. So um, mm. there you go. You've got a built in audience. So uh, you do. It, but it's it's just not as good as Dirty Dancing, sure. But but it is Dirty Dancing on Ice. I think that's that's a good that's a good point. Um, Blades of Glory is every Will Ferrell movie from that time period on ice. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so that is absolutely fair. Um, 
Well, do we want to just get into it? I can do my intro. What do you think, Richard? Let's get into it. Do your intro. This okay. is what it's all about. Okay. Um, bear with me. It's, uh, well, I've written longer, but not many longer. All right. Here we go. By 2007, Will Ferrell was on a roll. Old School Shaw's profile way, way up. Then the one-two punch of Elf and Anchorman minted him as comedy's new golden boy, a fact that us SNL fans have been aware of since 1995. After a string of forgotten middling movies, Talladega Nights further cemented his status as one of the funniest people alive. Seven months later, the figure skating oddity Blades of Glory arrived in theaters. While not as fondly remembered as the films Farrell made with frequent collaborator Adam McKay, Blades of Glory, or Bog, as I've never called it before, hold up. A dementedly dead-on parody of sports pictures and, more specifically, figure skating flicks, Bog gets weird early on. Paired alongside the burly Farrell is a waif-like John Heater, himself less than three years removed from the surprise box office and pop culture juggernaut known as Napoleon Dynamite. These two comic weirdos make a potent, if occasionally repellent, odd couple. Featuring a murderer's row of comedic co-stars like Amy Poehler, Will Arnett, uh, uh, Romney Malco, Jenna Fisher, Andy Richter, Luke Wilson, Rob Corddry, and one of my favorite weirdos, Nick Swartzen, not to mention inspired turns from straight man actors, William Fickner, Kit from Knight Rider, and the great Craig T. Nelson. This picture is also filled to the brim with luminaries from the world of figure skating. So basically, there's a ton of motherfuckers in this movie. Bog did pretty well at the BO, that's short for box office. It raked in over $145 million worldwide. It did okay with the critics, but really, with a picture like this, who gives a darn what the critics think? Anyway, I'm tired of talking. Now let's get into it. Who wants to go first and pick the worst scene in Blades of Glory? Wow, that right. quickly. Wow. It's so, so, it's happened so fast when you're when you're here, yeah, when you're listening. When you're, yeah. It seems like it takes hours to get to this point. Yeah. But when you're talking, you, you get right. here real quick. Uh, so, Ben... As our guest, you get to choose whether you go first or you go second. Oh, wow. Um, whew, that's an honor. I think I, I'm going to go first. I'm going to take it. Do it. Dive wheel. into it. Dive into it. Excellent. So tell people, as you dive into this, tell people why you're qualified to be talking about these films today. I don't even know if this is a qualification, but it is a little backstory for how we got here. I had right. listened to two episodes of Best Scene, Worst Scene, Back to Back. And one was... So I married an axe murderer versus what was it, Austin Wait, Powers? Yes, Austin Powers. Yeah, right. And yeah, so I married an axe. It takes place in San Francisco. Richard begins. This is a love letter to San Francisco. I know this this deli. Right. Five minutes. Love for the city. Love the episode. Shortly thereafter, you have another episode. Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. versus the Highlander. Great pairing, by the way got it right away enjoyed it however for me scott pilgrim is a love letter to toronto which is where i live oh yeah and so disappointing to not be able Mm -hmm. to talk about the merits of this film from a torontonian's perspective because i had the same feelings and the same feelings for that film as so i married an axe murder and uh i'd complained to richard i'd complained and pitched pitched these films which both take place in canada at different periods and have some sort of, you know, hockey, snow-related ice figure skating ways. That's it. That's that's. Does that qualify me? I don't know. But here I am. No one's yeah. ever been more qualified 
to come on and talk about two movies before. I, I do think and that when you when when you think of winter sports in North America, you think of Canada first. I think that figure skating is definitely a part of the Canadian condition. Listen, we don't have summer Olympics. We got winter Olympics. And if there's anything that we have, any, any, you know, if we're good at anything, we're very dialed in. Um, a lot of figure skaters went to my high school. I actually went to class with a silver medalist in figure skating. Uh, gave him a lift home. So this isn't just a, you know, did a project together. So news, news some figure skaters. Does that make me an expert? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, so well. for for our younger listeners, when you say you gave him a lift home, they may not know that that's what, how, right. how you might describe just like giving somebody a ride home. They think oh, maybe yeah. you were a lift driver. Oh, uh, yeah. but that just yeah. means that just means that you mm. politely, kindly gave mm. a silver medalist uh, a ride home. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is a pretty what and they weren't wasn't already a silver medalist when you did no, this. No. Or, no, just, well, um, but they were revered, you know, like in, in high school, um, we had a kids go really close to our high school and you know there was a football oh. team they do play football here and like you know football players would look to somebody's figure fig, some, you know high school football it's high school football but they're figure sure. skaters who are going on the world stage who are in your ass it was wild right um so anyways we like figure skating i've watched quite a bit um <laughs> so we're seeing a blades of glory is that where we are <laughs> you can you can you can also talk about the stuff you liked in blades of glory you don't have to jump I right am. to the uh you know so I, I loved okay so with blades of glory this will come up later i think that the actual routines themselves were a lot of fun really enjoyed them um i also enjoyed the intro sort of like um, introduction, montage, backstory. You're just pummeled with jokes and quips. And it's really hilarious. Those were some of my favorite scenes. Um, and Amy Poehler and Will Arnett, I think, were, as a duo, as villains, I think, humorous. Really enjoyed the uh, JFK Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> that's, so, that's so good. I feel like it. I was really sad when they split up and it's sort of it was almost like well the universe is like you guys are it's it's too unfair you guys are a, a couple like it's just you're too funny you're taking all the room for other uh, funny couples so that's a stupid opinion now that i said it out loud but um <laughs> but the we'll, two of we'll them compare. Together, yeah we'll see if i have a stupid opinion later oh which i probably will and then we can Ooh. vote on which was which was stupider my stupid opinion about you have a stupid opinion about Blades of Glory, and I'll have one about the cutting edge, and then we can decide which was which was which was stupider. Sounds good to me. Perfect. So we're seeing for me, like in revisiting this, wow, I couldn't believe how many sex jokes and dick mm. and ball jokes were in this movie. Like I didn't really remember that. Sure. And you know, maybe it's 14 years later, but it really is really took away some of the worst scenes for me were almost like pick one of the whole plot line of Jenna Fisher seducing John Heater. Right. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I didn't find it too funny and it kind of like repetitive, like kind of like a one note joke that they keep going back to. Um, especially in a movie where there's like so many throwaway great lines, like even the, um, I guess I'll also shout out to the like um, sports announcers, oh, yeah. throw, which are always great. These movies remind me of pitch perfect or, mm -hmm. or kind of like, you know, wherever you have two, comedic announcers um yeah so i don't know I, I to me it's a sexy phone call where 
you know, the, the, the brother and sister are kind of like behind Jenna Fisher and coaxing her to how to have, Mm -hmm. how to talk sexy to John Heater. Didn't enjoy it. I'll toss over the mic now. Is that, that's your worst thing right there? (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. I, is that too light? I don't know. No, no, it's not too light. You've, I, I mean, you've, you've right. listened. I've, I've picked some real bullshit on this. That's, uh, you know, that's not bad. That's a full um, scene. That's a full scene with reasoning I, behind I, it. I pick like, oh, I don't like the way his hand moves in that one scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no, I just coughed out loud without uh-oh. meeting myself. Now that's what. Well, now it's yeah, your thing. It's just kind of a like, ooh, sex is the joke. And there's I, also a bit of like. Sex gay... is no joke. No. Yeah. Um. I think there's also a bit of gay panic that has not aged yeah. terribly well here. Um, I was actually surprised that there wasn't more gay panic. In you know, you are just... you. You're right. You're right. Um, do you want to go? Do you want? <laughs> I'm 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 gonna go. I'm gonna go. You should uh, close. As I, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'll, I'll talk more about gay panic as as we go on here. But that sounds that sounds good. I was expecting to hate this. Uh, but I did not hate it, and because my expectations were so low, I uh, I really enjoyed the viewing I just had of this today. <laughs> so when I saw this back in 2007, I may have even gone to the theater and saw it. I was so disappointed, and I think that was because there was a, a Will Ferrell movie every six months. Mm-hmm. And if you were to watch this movie while watching every other Will Ferrell movie, this would just seem, I think... Like a disappointment. He's just doing his jokes. He's being Will Ferrell. He's got that except Napoleon Dynamite in here, which is who was already very much at the end of his run uh, mm-hmm. when when this came out. But now with the distance of years and without watching much Will Ferrell, it was a delight to see him to see him here being himself. There's just so many fun little quips and jokes that immediately start happening. One of my favorites. Is when he's talking about his victory in Boston in a uh, in some sort of skating competition, and he says that victory was as sweet as the cream pie for which the town was named, <laughs> and that is and yeah. that just made me yeah. so that was so happy. Uh, I like John Heater being called Little Orphan Awesome. Uh, there was just something about that, um, and when there's a moment when John Heater goes to the goes to after they, after neither of them are allowed to skate anymore because they got in a fight and they've been banned, and he goes to the like little skating entertainment thing in the little town where both he and Will Ferrell are, and he goes in and is looking for a woman to pair figure skate with him, and Rob Cordry comes out and is trying to offer him a job. Then he finds out he's looking for a, a person to come with him, and then Rob Cordry gets so aggressive and is like, "You trying to skate or poach? You trying to break up my family?" <laughs> and that's it's just, uh, there's just so much just. Cordry, this weirdness in this. Cordry is one of the most reliable comic supporting actors alive. I think it was. There was just there was just some great stuff there. And Will Ferrell was a delight, drunk and dressed as a as a wizard, uh, trying to entertain <laughs> kids. Uh, it, it was it was all just wonderful stuff. I love that they to connect this to the Cutting Edge. Uh, that the the special move that they're going to do. From Coach, uh, is uh, that is the Pancheco twist, but yeah. with an extra, but but it's got a beheading uh, at the end of it. And so, but it, but what they actually show people doing in the little North Koreans North Korea segment uh, is the Pancheco twist, 
yeah. which you close by throwing the person in the air and then accidentally beheading them. It's a, so it was just clearly a. That was so good. Like seeing <laughs> an actual beheading on <laughs> camera in a comedy is always good. Oh, and, and yeah. Craig T. Nelson's like, all right, let's get to it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, the, the, ratcheting, the ratcheting up of Craig T. Nelson's mania in this is, is really worth good. The price of admission. And then Will Ferrell, when he's practicing with the dummy, and he keeps <laughs> slicing the dummy's head off. But then the fact that there's when they when they pull back, and you just see like dozens of heads on, like the, a... on the ground instead and of the... just putting the original head back on the dummy. Right, right. they've used right. all these other heads. <laughs> it's a. I, I just really, I really enjoy that. That's. I, I'm just, I'm just at the tip of the iceberg. If mm-hmm. I could use a mm-hmm. little cold weather, uh, a cold weather metaphor, and yeah. and say that this is a movie worth. If you haven't watched any Will Ferrell stuff in a while, I think this is a movie worth worth returning to just to get reminded of how funny he can be and how funny a lot of his movies just are, even if they're not not among the best. Now, this movie does have its its issues, some of which is. The gay panic, but again, there wasn't as much of it as I expected there to yeah. be. It was not. It was not so much of that. Um, in fact, it's to the point where it was even like, okay. I don't think it is. Because I forgive you. With the visual storytelling of the routines, like they go right into it. You know, like they could have avoided it entirely. Right. But they. But in some ways, it's their strength. Right. It actually. Um, right. A- adds to what they do. Right, there's not a scene where Will Ferrell's like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pick him up. I'm not gonna do that lift." Like he mm-hmm. just does the lift. So and he's like, Ugh. "Yeah, yeah." There's not, he's not afraid of being seen. There's no like, "Yeah, well, I'm, okay. I'm a man. I don't wanna, I don't wanna be around this, this man." It's yeah, there's, yeah. there's really none of that. Like, and then as the like montage happens, the degree to which they begin to accept the things they're doing to the to the point where they then perform and close by scissoring each other is a real. <laughs> And this uh, in such a confident and powerful way that I, you know, I, I feel like the little bit of the, some of the gay panic in here actually served a, a story of them just getting closer and, and being willing to, to dance together and lose those inhibitions. Did that, that that routine happens so early in the movie. It's like, holy yes. shit, what's going to happen now? Like, what are they going to close with if they've already done this? And I... I, I really appreciate that there's no there's no real build up to them having to get good. <laughs> they go and perform and they're great and they well, can clearly yeah. no, easily no. win. Hold on, because I think I mean that was in the montage when they're practicing, but I mean when they get to the one of the, the go. one of the first great jokes is they do the training montage and I'm like, We're ready. And then the moment they do the very first move, he throws him for triple axle and he just fucking plays, <laughs> oh, yeah. gets laid out <laughs> and I mean that was a riot. Yeah, that that yeah. that was that was very good. Um, yeah, the, I the, think the sound of that impact is like really great. It's a real like bone crusher of a. <laughs> it is. I feel like part of me doesn't like how contrived it kind of, it becomes with Jenna Fisher's character mm-hmm. being forced to go after Will Ferrell and try to convince him to sleep with her instead of with John heater because you know how that's going to work out and it's not right. going to do it and then he's going to walk in on them and it's all going to be misunderstanding but but then i i do appreciate the weird things that happen the when, yeah <laughs> when will arnett 
is chasing Will Ferrell on skates and they skate across the river, but then they come up out of the frozen river onto just the street and are walking in skates and trying to like jump across the, just chasing each other in skates across a mall uh, is like some great physical comedy. I am. I feel like I'm praising this movie more than any movie we've watched. Like I'm spending so much time it's talking. Like, it's like talking this movie, much... like this movie, and do the right thing, or the, the, yep. the cream these of are the, the best. I mean, I mean, do the right thing is you know one of the best things we've talked about. But uh, but I mean, and then it, yeah, like if you didn't have all that contrivance with Jenna Fisher, then the Did I call her Jenna Malone earlier and not Jenna Fisher. No, I don't think so. Oh, good, but, good, okay. But I, I'm also I'm also drinking a beer, so I don't know. You know, one beer. Um, uh, but I, I think that, like, that, it's like, wow, that really complicates things. And then it's like, oh, but now there's a kidnapping murder plot and uh, handcuffing to a toilet plot. It just sort of, it's like, okay, now it's all the way uh, contrived, if you will. Yeah. And um, those Montrealers exactly. were pretty laissez faire about <laughs> the attempted murder going on. On the yeah. canals of Montreal, they were, but Montreal, fr- the French, the French, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my least favorite scene is part of those contrivances, which is when when Napoleon Dynamite gets handcuffed to the toilet, mm. and then mm. Amy Poehler throws the key into the trash right on top of it, uh-huh. and the trash can gets knocked over. And then a roll of toilet paper rolls out, and the track mm-hmm. and the key is on part of that roll far away. And then he essentially has to lick and pull and eat the ground toilet paper to get the key to himself. And that almost made me throw up. Oh, yeah. looking at oh, yes. oh yeah. It's, it's, it's a very effective bit of uh, physical comedy. Yeah. I, I did not like it. In fact, I hated it, which mm-hmm. is why, because it's part of the cold contrived section that I don't necessarily appreciate. Uh, and I consider it the worst part of that contrived session. Other, section other than like Will Ferrell, like sitting in a sitting on a bed with his hand on like Jenna Fisher's boobs. Mm-hmm. The oh, I, no, I, my, I did not care for that. Yeah, my my least favorite scene though is is him with that toilet paper, and it goes on for a long time. And I earlier had something to drink that made me feel kind of ill because <laughs> of the taste, uh-huh, and so it uh-huh. was just like that was still in my memory from an hour before and then i see this i see i had to close my eyes <laughs> it was i couldn't look it's I, bad. Was, I was grossed out so that's my least favorite scene napoleon dynamite like licking toilet paper that was in the trash essentially uh, for a long time there you go that's mine it's it's truly upsetting um next to like all of mac and me maybe the most upsetting thing we've had to watch for this show maybe so that um, is true I think um, I think when I first saw this, I thought it was like, all right, this is this is too much. I, I'm I'm good. I don't need any more. I love Will Ferrell, and I, I you know after this movie came out, there was um, two of my all time favorite Will Ferrell pictures, uh, Step Brothers, which I think is a classic, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, the other guys, which is mm. terrific. Just it is such a dumb smart terrific picture um but this also like this is like the period where wolf ferrell started to be like chevy chase where he was in like just okay movies and but this one is on repeat viewings is more than just okay uh as we've talked about already um 
I think that uh, the the thought about um, so there's a, a things when they introduce the Romney Malco character and that he's he's you know um, a gay man who is a choreographer and I was kind of like ah oh, you know I mean that just seems a little stereotypical mm. for what this kind of movie is but then there's little hints throughout the movie that he and Craig T. Nelson are either either a couple or used to be a couple like there's that uh, the tinted window of the two of them in the in the cabin and um, just little things where oh, he's concerned that. about like he's he's like really concerned about the coach's um, mental well-being in, in in a real way and um, so the opposite of gay panic it's actually kind of a nice little touch that doesn't get pushed very hard it just exists in the background it's it's um, an odd bit of subtlety for an absolutely unsubtle motion picture. Um, so that was maybe my favorite thing on this rewatch, uh, rediscovering this. Uh, and I think that Craig T. Nelson is my favorite thing in this. There's just something about <laughs> the way his character gets weirder and weirder, and he's playing it totally straight. I, I really, you have to. Like, it's so important for someone who's not Will Ferrell to just don't be completely. Uh, don't 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 mug for the camera. Just do it. Do it as real as you can. Uh, so I had a few thoughts, and I thought, um, um, I thought, uh, boy, the uh, the Jenna Fisher hotel room scene really stood out as like one thing that I did not like. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know what's going to happen? Like you were saying, Richard, like this is just going to be this thing, and then they got to do this thing, and then they got to do this thing. It's just going to up this. Um. But again, like because they pay it off in such ridiculous, stupid, contrived lengths, and like almost as contrived as like the first Mission Impossible movie, where it's like, what's the fucking point of all this? Um, so I can't pick that. Um, and I'm just gonna kind of this is a I, I'm I'm winging it here, um, and this is the the, le you? the least. Uh, this is the least I've bullshitted to. Oh, actually, before we get there, I want to say when I watched the the opening credits i said out loud what a cast which is <laughs> what i say after every one of these episodes that we record it's basically Doom, <laughs> but a will ferrell movie <laughs> yes um so my pick is at the very end will ferrell gives a, a overdramatic crying very will ferrell interview and then it ends with them uh spoiler alert for a movie that's almost 20 years old uh, flying off into the, <laughs> into the sky. Wait, are we talking so worst like scene or best scene here? Just, I just know, to... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's it. I feel like it's too far of a jump into absolute absurdity. Like there's, we're missing one more step before it becomes this cosmic absurd thing. Like we haven't, <laughs> we haven't earned that jump yet, or the movie hasn't uh, made us unprepared for that jump enough. Like where it's, it's not totally out of the blue, but it's just not totally there. Um, but really, it's like Will Ferrell giving the tearful interview. It's kind of like it feels a bit Will Ferrell hacky to me. You know, I think in that interview, and he says this a couple times, but yeah. again, part of the whole kind of Jenna Fisher plot line. Like I, I wrote worse scenes, basically this whole Jenna Fisher plot line. So I yeah. agree. But even in that in that ending, he says like, you know, oh, this is John Heater's girlfriend, and she is not a whore. And he says it again. She is not a whore. Right. I'm just like, oh, right. please. Yeah, please stop saying which, that. Which is yeah. a drag because I think that Jenna Fisher does a, is great in this. And I think that, like, 
you know, her her character when she's allowed to kind of just not be uh, preyed upon by half the cast, um, you know, she's she's really solid. There's some kind of a hip hop party happening happening outside of my house now. Can't so hear it here. So, oh, terrific. Okay, well, I'll just uh, have to There's... narrate it from here. Speaking of Jenna Fisher in this, there's a couple of scenes where she really does some stuff with her eyes mm -hmm. that I really appreciate. There's one yeah. moment where where she's kissing uh, John uh, Heater, and, the and snow, she's the, like, the "You've snow been cone scene." But oh no, no, the, no, the second one. It's the second time, and she's like, "You've gotten, you've gotten better." And then he yeah. says <laughs> that Will, he says Will Ferrell has been teaching him some things. Yeah. And then she just pauses and her eyes dart to the side for a moment. She just does a lot with her face there before she goes mm -hmm. back in and starts kissing him again. But there's just, yeah. it's, it's, and that's just such a great, I just love just like the their, throwaway their that yeah. Will Ferrell yeah. has been teaching <laughs> him some things. And that's why they've been making out on off camera so that he's better at kissing her, which is just makes them seem so much closer, which yeah. makes, and also makes them flying off together at the end. Uh, work for me. One of those things because another because they don't do quite enough to establish that magical, yeah, that true that magical realism. We'll say that happens yeah, there. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, but Will Ferrell does shoot flames out of his hands without any. Oh yeah, any anything to allow him to do that a you couple know, of times. I always, I always thought of that as like flash paper that they they use like in wrestling matches or like like magicians use. Uh, but I realized it does not look anything like flash paper. It looks like actual flames. I, I took it as him having an ability to shoot flames out of his hands okay. both times. Okay. But that's not. But it's still a. That's a subtle thing. We need. We do almost need one more, one more bridge thing. But I. But the moment they're up, up on that, up on that podium, and I, you see the, you just see their skates both like flash up <laughs> like rockets. Mm -hmm. It gives me. It gave me a little, little spark. George little Richard spark of joy. I like the idea that this is actually like Blades of Glory is in the MCU and Will Ferrell's character. <laughs> he's an Eternal or something. I haven't seen that film, but you know, he's just, he's just hanging out. He's a superhero. He shoots fire. He can fly. Yeah. That's uh, how he passes the time. Or like somebody has to like have this, some great uh, tests and have to like retrieve some ancient relic from this old superhero. And it's just Will Ferrell and his skating outfit. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, hitting on them basically. Um, yeah, yeah. He is I, figure skating. I, I, it's, it's so funny. As soon as you, right before you said it, I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." Chaz in the MCU or Chaz a superhero? Yes, yes. Okay, I will. I'd watch that movie. I'll watch the sequel. I will absolutely watch the sequel where he's a superhero training uh, John Heater, who then finally unleashes his superpowers at the end of the movie. I mean, to he would really guy. be like. This is how you bring the start to bring the X Men into the MCU, because mm -hmm. then you have John Heater as Iceman, and and, oh. and Will Ferrell as Pyro. Oh, oh sure, sure. Who, who are often in disagreement, uh, even though they are good friends uh, early on. Because right. uh, how could you? How could a a guy that shoots fire and a guy that shoots ice be that close? That's this opposite. You can't you can't understand each other. You come from different worlds. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess I never thought of that that way. <laughs> so I, I want to touch on something um, yeah. before we get into Cutting Edge, because mm. I wrote this note, which is, uh, one, I think these are great movies to compare. They clearly, like, I think we all agree, Blades of Glory, definitely they're watching Cutting Edge. They borrowed the move, right? Oh, man. <laughs> they did. Um, there's, 
it's points where it's, where it's beat for beat the same yeah. movie. Um, one of the things I wrote here, in one of the ways I want to think Blades of Glory is a better film, is that the drama happens on the ice, and the cutting edge of the drama happens off the mm. ice. Mm. And, mm. I, and then one of the best examples of this is the, you know, the ending scene in Blades of Glory, where it's like, it's sabotage, hey, let's switch positions, and that speaks to the trust they've earned, the, the, yes. the brotherhood, the friendship. That's a, I actually think that was a good moment, right? And in a cutting edge, it's like, I love you. And then they step onto the ice and do a routine and the credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, and actually I wanted to, I, I forgot to mention that last routine when the, the blade shaves off the, oh, know, yeah. the neck hair. I was, I knew that it was, you know, there's no way they're going to end the movie with Wolfram getting beheaded. <laughs> Would have been amazing. Would have yes. been absolutely amazing if that happened. Oh, but, my God. um, but I was tense. It was like, oh, this is really well done. This is really like they've built they have built the tension properly to this point, and I'm absolutely on board for this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt really tense too as that skate was going up to his neck, <laughs> and that special effect they did uh, looked uh, looked good. It looked all yeah. right. I mean, that's like that's like Fight Club era uh, quality special effects. And that's saying a lot because I think for 1999, Fight Club had uh, amazing special effects. <laughs> that's right. So in 2007, it was the appropriate, it was the appropriate level of special yeah. effects. Yeah, like, yeah. Which you wouldn't expect for a for a a, a comedy about uh, people skating around. They yes. uh, the routines look good. I feel like they must have done some face swap. Like I don't know exactly what they're doing. Um, there's a yeah. There's a few points where you can kind of see the body double, but I know that they both trained. They both trained <laughs> to do this. And apparently, John Heater broke his ankle, um, <laughs> either training or performing or something. And um, which is, I, I was going to save this for later, but Moira Kelly uh, in Cutting Edge broke her ankle during the extensive training that they did, or, or you know. So um, fascinating, fascinating. I wonder That's... if if you put both of these films together. Like combine them both into one film. Do you have the perfect figure skating, ah. <laughs> or do you have a horrific monstrosity? That's... Oh yeah, like like when um, the the baboon goes through the uh, the transporter in the in the fly. Sort of. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. Um, on that note, maybe we'll we'll break for some commercials. Well, we don't have regular sponsors here. Um, at worst scene, best scene, but uh, we do have a loose affiliation with other like-minded podcasters and um, filmmakers and um, weirdo mutants. Um, so we were just talking about Midnight Run. Um, I also want to mention there is a really great super independent film. By super independent, I mean made for nothing. I mean like pocket change. Uh, this was, this movie came out last year. It was a part of some film festivals. I had the honor honor of um, voting for it at the Scumdance Film Festival. Uh, but Midnight Run was directed by um, a guy who I like to think of as a friend now, Richard A. Hernandez. And they are going to be putting out a DVD or a Blu-ray of it very soon. So you can find them on Instagram at Ramblings Productions uh, or on Twitter at Ramblings Prod. Uh, check them out. I also want to um, 
as always, mention our friends at Eating After Midnight. It's a great podcast. It's available anywhere podcasts are um, sold for free. And um, also our other friends at Ad Wizards. Uh, they're also available at um, all podcast sources. Uh, Richard, what's that last one? I always mess this one up. The last one is the Infinity Shirt. Infinity-shirt.com. Uh, where you can go and buy a shirt that will allow you to stare into infinity. You should, uh, everybody should have the shirt. It should be, if you've ever heard of the potato parcel, it should be the potato parcel of our era. Uh, it is, it is, uh, it, I own one and I was wearing it around the other day uh, at a campground and everybody who saw it pointed and laughed and laughed. Now, normally that happens to me. But this time it was specifically because of the shirt. It wasn't because of anything else that was going on. So the shirt, one, distracted people from all the other things that you might laugh at that's happening with me. But that's because it was genuinely funny. It wasn't being, wasn't because it was pathetic or something. Now, we're going too far down oh. this road. No, no, no. Infinity shirt is a hilarious thing. Infinity-shirt.com. Go check it out. Yeah. And uh, so Midnight Run, Instagram, Rambling Productions, ramblings productions twitter at ramblings prod eating after midnight uh on instagram they are just uh, all one word eating after midnight podcast ad wizards also on instagram ad wizards pod oh and also we're on uh, facebook and that's a uh, worst scene best scene and we're also on instagram now at worst scene look at us on all these visual mediums uh, as for a for an audio uh platform yeah, there I just needs to be a website. I don't understand what I said. There, there should be a website where it's just everything on. It's just audio is happening. Is that where we should yeah, list? Yeah, yeah. Is that is that no. a website? I guess uh, Spotify. I, I guess I guess everywhere where you listen to a podcast is a website where audio is happening. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I'll say I had an AOL site and it was just uh, audio clips of Charlton Heston from Planet of the Apes on loop. So that's I think is that what you're talking about? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Fair enough. There you go. <laughs> We did it. We did ads. We got through. We got through those ads, and that went just fine. Okay. Well, okay. I guess are are we back? I think I'm back. I think I'm back. Ben, are you back? Sure. Yeah. Grab okay. my copious notes. Excellent. Great. That's perfect. And I have my intro to our not so good film, The Cutting Edge, ready to go. Now, The Cutting Edge has a lot of very like has some big talent connected to it let me let's talk about this from the production standpoint of the cutting edge it is the first produced screenplay from tony gilroy uh, who is one of the most successful screenwriters in hollywood history after this he wrote among many other things dolores claiborne the devil's advocate armageddon wow the born identity and the next three born movies Michael Clayton, which he also directed. Great, great, great picture. And Rogue One. Wow. <laughs> what a he's trajectory. Written, he's written a bunch of other movies, too. On top of that, those are just some, some notable names from the list. Uh, the movie is also directed by John Michael Glazer, uh, who made The Running Man, uh, and Kazam, the Shaquille O'Neal film actually, that people uh, often remember. Oh, sorry. As, 
as Shazam. What were you going to say? It's actually it's, it's it's Paul Michael Glazer, and he also played Starsky in Starsky. I, I was about to say the oh, sorry, sorry, thing. Sorry, sorry. I did. I said John Michael Glazer as a as a joke. I meant to say Paul Michael Glazer. I assumed that I misspelled Paul, and then misspelled Paul so badly while I was typing it on my phone that it autocorrected to John. It is Paul Michael Glazer, uh, and as George got ahead of me, as I was about to say, sorry. Uh, no, don't be sorry. That George has brought a pillow that in which Starsky and Hutch appear on that pillow. Um, he is better known uh, over making the Running Man and Kazam. Uh, Paul Michael Glazer, sorry, uh, is is better known as uh, Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. But don't be sorry. I called him John Michael Glazer. Uh, it's like if I if, if I was talking about someone that made Star Wars, and I said uh, James Lucas. Made Star Wars, and then you just let me run with it. That'd be that'd be even worse. You gotta. I know. I, I there's just, some. There's some. There was some nerd. You know who I'm talking to, nerd, who's listening to this right now, who was already getting mad that I said John right. Michael Glazer, um, and then uh, he was very happy to have you step in and yes. uh, correct me. Uh, I, I had to stand up for all my fellow Starsky and Hutch nerds. Uh, many of them right. are located in the United Kingdom. Surprisingly, the UK oh. and Italy have a lot of. Uh, Starsk uh, nerds, as we like to call each other. Hello to our to our UK listeners and uh, bonjour, or buongiorno, mm. uh, to our Italian listeners. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Sorry. I oh yeah. So I have, I, have, I have the rest of the I have the rest of whatever this is. Um, uh, ben, but, this is the part of the show where we get a little loose. You, you, you is, heard it. Now you get to be a part of it. I don't always make it to the second film. I will be honest. So whoa, whoa don't say that. Whoa, no, no. No, don't say that. Out it's, loud. Not, it's not live TV. You can just like come back to it the next day. That's <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. What kind of a monster are you? Oh my god, that's like you just came in and just stabbed me in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to finish my intro. Uh, whoa, okay. All right, let's see if I can find my place. Uh, so perhaps. Perhaps this combination of talent is is why this movie is, even though not very good, more enjoyable than it has any right to be. Um, and why I remember it uh, as being better than it is every time I think of it. And why the people on IMDb uh, have rated it more highly uh, than than our first film. If you go, the audience score is higher. And The Cutting Edge has spun off into, I believe, like a... There was like a Disney Channel uh, mm-hmm. sequel that happened. It might have even been a short TV series. I, I can't look that up and find out. There might there have was, been one. When I pulled this up on Apple TV or on Apple, like there was two films, two follow-up films. Although it looks to get into kind of teen, yeah, you know, teen film stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's your like parents who saw this when they were teens uh, now want to have their teens watching watching more cutting edge. Um, and that's what that's what's happening maybe there but the it is an influence it's a more influential film i think than than uh blades of glory in so much as it influenced blades of glory it's blades <laughs> of glory is clearly clearly takes a lot of cues from the cutting edge and is parodying it in some ways as we mentioned the the big the big thing in the cutting edge is this move that that they must pull off to win the gold uh, and it's very, very similar, except there's no be there's no even hint of beheadings in the cutting edge, but otherwise they are very similar moves to each other in uh, in both films. So the the I, 
anyway, there you go. I've introduced it. The Cutting Edge. It's got uh, it's got DB Sweeney. Yeah. It's got uh, Moira Kelly, uh, who you, who's also in uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me. Um, so look out look out for her there when you're watching that. Uh, but anyway, George Ben, what is the best scene in this movie? Mm. Ben, do you want to go? You want? Ooh, I went first, first last time, and I I had regrets, so I think I want to follow right. up this time. Great. Well, let me open up my volume of notes here. Um, I think that to some extent, this was a controversial pick as uh, a bad movie, but it does qualify. Critics didn't love it. It didn't do. It did well enough at the box office to do a second film that had like half of the budget. Um, I think I read that uh, D.B. Sweeney and Moira Kelly had like a pact. They weren't going to do a, a sequel unless they were, they were both involved. And then when it was like the budget was going to be like half of one of their salaries, it was like, yeah, okay, we're going to walk. Um, I will say that um, the chemistry between the two of them is great. It's really great. And it's yes. it's far superior I know that Blades of uh, Glory is a parody, but you do have to have some level of realism to really get the audience buy-in, and this is this is just uh, superior uh, on that. Also, I think the movie that um, Starsky made before this, I think, was The Running Man. Uh-huh. I, feel I like believe you are right. Also, with very similar costumes, a lot of uh, body suits. He like really got a thing for spandex movies. Is this like um, where they reuse the? Um, yeah. you know, Super Mario Brothers boots in um, <laughs> a subsequent film. What was that? Face Off? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, my God. Right. Those are the... Okay. Yeah, so these are just the retreaded costumes from Running Man. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I would watch an ice skating uh, routine based on, you know, uh, a game show where people are hunting you to the, to the death. Uh, it'd be fun. There was ice skating in Running Man, too. Oh, that's right. Sub-Zero. Uh, now just plain zero. Oh my uh, god! We should have done <laughs> oh, yeah. the two of those back. We should have oh. done best scene, worst scene with those two. Well, we'll be happy to have you on as a guest when we, when we finally get to Running Man. It's one and of we my. We will favorites. get to Running Man. Yeah, I think we'll you, probably, you'll, you'll also get to meet my brother because he'll be on that episode too. Um, yeah, and you've established yourself Ben as a Running Man expert, so we will absolutely <laughs> want you back. Mm-hmm. Ooh, maybe if Edgar Wright actually makes his Running Man. Um, oh film, my god, that would be um, great. Which will be based on the book. Okay, uh, enough being a nerd. Now let's get into being a nerd. Um, oh yeah, in the beginning I said that like when uh, Moira Kelly gets dropped, somebody should have checked that guy into the boards. Like I think that that would have been the appropriate response there. Um, Ooh, <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> yeah, but there's a point in the beginning where DB Sweeney and Moira Kelly first meet. They bump into into each other. Uh, backstage at the is it the Olympics or is it the Nationals or whatever it is? It is and the it Olympics. Like, yeah, it's like the way that they built that up. It almost feels like, oh, is this movie going to be a body swap movie where they like crash into each other <laughs> and now she's got to go play hockey and he's got to go be an ice skater? Is that a better movie? It's a different movie, but it's maybe a better movie. Um, I love it already. This is this is a. I'm, I'm, I want everybody listening to this to know that George has already written that down on a yeah. piece of paper and mailed it to himself uh, yeah. based on what and, I learned about copyright when I was in high school. Yep. Uh, that is unimpeachable. That is a sealed envelope with a government date stamp on it. That's you right. cannot have that idea. You cannot steal that idea. 
uh, Hollywood, if you're listening, reach out. Reach out to us at uh, at uh, Hollywood at WorstScene.com. Yep, and right. uh, let us know you'd like to make that film that George just described. And, you know, I feel like this is this is a um, leftover from being on um, our friend's podcast, um, Great Samaritans, where it's all about fixing a brand. I think I've pitched two fixes for each of these movies. Uh, anyway, or a fix each. Moving on. Um, things I love about this movie, Terry O'Quinn as the dad. Uh, he's great. He's played the stepfather in one of my favorite uh, low-budget I believe filmed in Canada horror movies of the eighties um, of which there are many um, also like the parallel of him to William Fickner in um, blades of glory. Um, it's, it's just like, there's a certain point where I just keep kept writing down. This is the same movie. This is the same. Movie. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, gee whiz. I think that, um, I like, oh man, <laughs> there's a few things. Is there a line where someone says it looks like she got caught in his later hosen? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. That wasn't just a, a fever dream. <laughs> um, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've got like a, I've got a, a real Sophia's decision as to what my choice is here. Oh, one thing I want to point out, a bit of trivia. Both of these films share a crew member. Uh, Gary Burritt was the negative cutter on both films. So part of the uh, the, uh, the, the the production crew. Um, so so there you go. Um, <laughs> and that, as I said, this is Dirty Dancing for Winter. And um, my better half, Nisha, said, uh, and this is a reference to Ghost. She said, Sam says toe pick. Um, look, it's, it's, it's there's, just, a, there's a lot going on with what you just did. There's a lot just, of references. I'm basically just, just throwing everything out. It's all going out now. Um, I think that my pick, I thought it's either going to be right before they go out, right before their debut where, um, DB Sweeney, uh, barfs. Um, that was a really good scene. It's like a really good scene. Like it's very poppy. Um, they, again, their, their chemistry is, is so good. Um, but I think my, when I came to this, I was like, look, I know what the pick, my pick is going to be Topic. The Topic montage is going to be my pick. <laughs> and it, it's not, it's actually him going back to his brother's bar and having to tell everyone that he's now a figure skater. I think there's something about that. And like the accepting of that, um, was, it was fun and it was silly and it was sweet. And it also was like really telling that like this character is um, moving forward and making a positive change in his life. So that's my pick. Runner-up is puking before uh, they go out on the ice. So now, great pick. All, All right, right, Canada. Canada, you're on the clock. I'm going to jump in because this is this is a reversal. This is a reversal. I'll get into that in a second. So I, I'm pretty confident the first time I saw this movie, this is a very Canada thing, is in school. It can snow a lot. What happens is you have what's called a snow day. This is where, you know, you listen to the radio. Well, I don't know what the hell they listen to now. Check Twitter probably, but listen to the radio and you wait for your school to come up as like, hey, the school is closed. But sometimes, sometimes, listen, that announcement comes late. Sometimes oh, yeah. you're you're driven to the school, but your parents are dropped off and there's there's a bunch of kids 
They don't know what to do with them. They put them into the assembly. They put on a movie. And yes. for me, I'm quite confident I saw The Cutting Edge that way for the first time, probably pretty young. Um, so I also had some, like, kind of, like, a better opinion of this. I think, like, Richard, like, I, in my memory, thought it was a little bit better. And I even saw not even that long ago, like, three to four years ago, just put it on on a lark. And yet, I think this is a bad movie. And it's a bad movie... Well, one, I, I agree with you 100%. The chemistry, I wrote that down like five times. Uh, for me, the best scenes are all about the relationship. Mm -hmm. um, the gift-giving scene, even the bar scene. There's there's some, or sort of the bar scene returning home. Bar scene, yeah. You know, and, and her character is this kind of coddled adult child, you know, almost like John Heater, right? Um, uh you know, I don't know. I, I and it, there's an interesting reversal there where it's like, okay, he's not going to take advantage of her. The situation, he's a good guy, mm -hmm. but he's actually not a good guy because such and such happens. Like I thought, I thought that was a pretty good scene. Um, and even the even the I love you scene before they hit the ice, I think that is interesting. Where he's just like, this is it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed the relationship. I actually really hated the revisiting the hometown scene. I put that as one right. of the worst. And I think the big part was sort of him getting to the bar and the woman kisses him and everybody knows his name and oh, every, sure, and sure. just the like 50 people in a room are like, how are you in the merchant Marines? And I just, I don't, I don't like this. I, I just didn't uh, like the setup. Dude, obviously you've never been in the merchant Marines. It's pretty <laughs> awesome when you come home from it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. How is you come home to a bar? People love the, yeah. especially a bar where you help you help build the uh, the back uh, the extension by like grappling onto it and hammering in nails. <laughs> that's Sorry, a great that's way to. I don't need a ladder. I've got strong arms. I'll just hook my legs around here and get strong hockey arms. Yeah. Also, before you go on, Ben, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but is the merchant Mar are the merchant marines real? <laughs> I think I've only ever heard <laughs> of the merchant marines in in movies. People no, join the Merchant Marines. Wasn't didn't Kerouac go into the Merchant Marines? They, 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 I don't know if is, they're around. Jack anymore. Kerouac's not real. This is like, <laughs> that's not I, a real I, person. I, is this like you join the Peace Corps, but is, it's on water? Is this? This is, I, this is gonna like. I don't know that any of my family listens to this show, but I feel like I've had family members who've been in the Merchant Marines. Oh man, uh, whatever. I I think it is real. Not sure it is still real. Mm -hmm. It's like the you always hearing about the French Foreign Legion. It's another yeah. one of those things like the Merchant Marines that are kind of like, what is uh, this? Look, Jean Claude Van Damme made a movie about the French Foreign Legion, so that's real. Okay, there you go. All right, yeah. Ben, back to you. It's a solid alliteration, Merchant Marines. Should have. Uh, we're getting there. We're French, getting there. French Foreign French Foreign Legion. Always. Wait, did we announce it? <laughs> I, I I think I, alliteration I, needs three. I think you need three. Uh, Just like yeah. I always announce alliteration. The Merry Merchant Marines. Um, the, the that's funny, alliteration. The, the funny French Foreign Legion. <laughs> I appreciate the scene from the perspective of his acceptance and moving the yeah, story forward. I, I agree that's, with that. That's, that's what I'm talking about. It's like emotionally, I think that that's a, a valid moment. I, also, I think, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I think because we talked about this with Blades of Glory, where it's like, you know, there wasn't a lot of. We were in this conversation about like we were worried that the situations you know would this be sort of like a lot of dated homoerotic humor uh -huh. right 
and it didn't really emerge. In some ways, this felt like that scene for that movie. Like he's embarrassed. It's almost like he's in the closet. He doesn't want to say what he's doing. There's there's right. sort of a there's sort of an undertone of taboo about what he's doing. You know, well, I guess I, I, didn't I like love that. I love that they they accept it. It's like it's like like yeah. yeah so what? You're you know we love you. It, it's a nice like so what? Who cares? We you know. I agree. It does have that nice ending. However, yeah. and one of the reasons why I think this is a bad movie, I don't think the brother appears again in the film. No, that's right. No, he's like he's like <laughs> twice. Like, look, I gotta, I gotta tell you how shit is, and yes. I gotta accept you for you, who you are, and I'm I, out. You man's got a bar to run. You expect a scene from that mm-hmm. bar of everybody cheering for him in the goddamn Olympics. So yes. fucking lose yes. right. And where yes. is that, it? That there is a lot of missed opportunities in the um, in the narrative storytelling of, or the visual storytelling of this picture. I think that um, that is yeah. right. You, the boy, you nailed. It. I think if you had that, this is a lot closer to an Oscar winner. <laughs> I mean, we're talking like you know you know inches, like you know like a football game where you know it would still be really far away from winning an Oscar, but it would sure. be a lot closer, a lot closer yeah. to to winning an Oscar. It's like you're on the ten yard line. Yeah. Twenty-five oh, yard lines a lot closer than the fifteen. So yeah, a couple yeah. other worst scene possibilities. And I'm reversing it here. I did not oh, like yeah. when they played hockey. And to me, this uh, is a farce. This is like sure. LeBron James. You know, ch- hey, challenging an eight-year-old. Hey, do you want to play some yeah. basketball? The even even the notion that he would challenge her upsets me. You know, he's an Olympic hockey player. I, I, I don't care that his vision is shot, which also seems to, seems to never actually get revisited in the in the film. Like, should that? It seems like that could impact his. Well, she's always, she, but she's always right. <laughs> like they're always connected. They're always, you know. Yeah, but they just sort of skate over that oh. for the rest of the film. Oh. <laughs> wow. Thank you, folks, for coming out. Thanks for listening. Jesus, we're gonna uh, like uh, some music uh, from, from from here on out. Ben will be hosting the show, uh, and uh, we're that's, out. That's right. Peace. So. Yeah, I didn't like. Ho- I wrote hockey, hockey. I, I didn't like that scene. It's it's cute, but I, it's more of mm-hmm. just the notion of him challenging her. I suppose it speaks to his immaturity, but it's it's mm-hmm. again like it's it's too absurd to me. The other thing I brought up, I, I looked at some reviews of this, and a lot of people were like, "Wow, you know, the figure skating is really good. It really seems like these are you know they're the figure skaters out there." I, I didn't like the figure skating in this versus Blades of Glory. It's just a lot of quick cuts. They use yeah. a lot of blurry, dizzying effects. It's, yeah, it's early. It's like that that like mid-level MTV thing where all of a sudden there's like a cut to like green, black, and white videotape. I'm like, what the fuck is? What am I looking at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Zack Snyder, Omo. You know, like I feel like he watched this and that became part <laughs> of his thing. There's a very lot influential of, film. Very influential film. There's a lot of slow mo, and it's that kind of like slow-mo where they just kind of cut the frame rate and everything feels mm-hmm. kind of oh, i hate that um yep. so yep. i didn't i didn't enjoy the figure skating and the figure skating actually is a pretty short amount of the runtime i like for figure skating movie maybe they're on the ice for eight minutes i would guess seems like, fair yeah. it's i don't know i is that the worst part nah um so i don't know this is sort of like to me this is a like romantic dramedy and then i guess there's also figure skating it's kind of how i think about it um i don't think of it as a figure skating movie in the same way blades of glory blades of glory is a parody there's it's a love letter to figure skating you have all these celebrities they bring in you know i think nancy kerrigan is there right they bring in 
you know, they make references to Tanya Harding. It's, it speaks or, or when they go and do the sort of like smaller show, mm-hmm. we talked about this race, the wizard, it sort of just speaks to the industry and it's, it's sort, of, sort of like a better commentary on figure skating. And this is like an afterthought. It's sort of a contrived setup for interesting, but a good, a good right. kind of romance. Like this could have also been a movie about horseback riding or yeah. about any other kind of thing that you just look at. What, what's yeah. the thing that we can put in here? It, like, again, it's like dirty dancing on ice. It's, yeah, I'm going to launch you from the horse at top speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As one dressage. does. <laughs> that's, that's what they do it. Oh, that's what this, they do it. Oh, yeah, that's... Is this the first time that someone has said dressage on the show? <laughs> I I've think it tried. is. I've, I've tried to work it in, but boy. Wow, folks. And uh, we'll be sending Watch you out a for bag it. of fast food from uh, Ooh, watch, yeah watch out for a special treat for our listeners because this is mm-hmm. the first time the word dressage has been used uh, on the podcast <laughs> we, just, we just have to figure out which uh which fast food restaurant uh, serves uh horse meat burgers and then we'll uh, <laughs> we're on our up way. With a coupon no i mean honestly this is this is a special deal that we made i, I didn't want to talk about it already but yeah. now i'm going to you go to your local horse breeder Mm-hmm. Now, not most horse breeders aren't taking advantage of this or taking part in this, but some of them are, and it depends on your local horse breeder. If you go down to your local horse breeder and mention "worst scene," uh, you get a free horse. Just, but you, it's got to be it's got to be the right horse breeder. I can't say who's involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a number of that's part of that's it's not on me. It's part of the deal that we make. Uh, but you got to do it within a week. Uh, and it's got to be the right horse breeder. Now, if they if they look at you and they nod and they bring out a horse, then you got your free horse. But if they don't, yep. then you know you need to either pay for a horse or get out of there. Yeah, that's those if, are your. If they brandish a shotgun, you should probably just leave. Yeah, definitely don't. That's not like a joke. That's not like part of the thing. No, no. If they brandish not... a shotgun. Get out of there. Get yeah. out of there. They're not participating in this uh, promotional deal. So that's right. That's a good sign that they're not participating. Uh, definitely. Wow. Okay, I'm jumping. I'm going to be very clear. I'm going to be explicit. I'm going to toss over the baton, which is my favorite scene, I think, is the bar scene and the like, I am throwing myself at you kind of reversal. Uh-huh. I think beginning in the bar, one, I think that is literally how I learned how to drink tequila. So I think that it gets wow. notes for that as a child, like this idea of the child assault. when you were. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Before I actually could, mm. I was prepared. You're right. I, I saw that in movies, like That's even good. Yeah. Caddyshack or something. Yeah. Mm. And he's, and to me, it's like, now they're friends, right? This is the, mm-hmm. the relationship has to him, they're friends, but for her, it's something more. It's actually like, it feels like a complex situation that's emerging. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. And I think it just speaks to the whole arc for the two of them is mm-hmm. good. I like that part of this movie. It's what saves this movie from otherwise it's like being technically not, you put together that well um so yeah i think that's my favorite scene best scene there we go all right all right all right something we haven't mentioned is for for canada is one of our great canadian actors appears briefly in this film uh, as the doctor who oh who, who, <laughs> who X- talks to db the sweeney the xo michael hogan oh, yeah. saul ty hogan uh, is there to to uh to to tell db sweeney that his eyesight has been damaged just enough whoa i totally didn't hockey. recognize him yeah he looks so oh, young he had a mustache it was uh, really <sighs> something but as soon as i saw him i was like oh my god it's, it's saul yeah this was filmed in canada actually in hamilton which is not too far from here 
There you go. <laughs> Fun fact. I don't know. Yeah. No, a lot of stuff is filmed in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. I mean, Battlestar Galactica, a Vancouver production. Vancouver, still yeah. An, another, another Canadian Canadian show. Um, but just seeing seeing Michael Hogan always makes me always makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So it was great to great to see him pop up. So I'll just start getting into my my favorite scenes. I mean, the best part of the movie, the thing that makes it, I think. Um, continue to have an impact is certainly not the skating as as ben has pointed out there's a the slow motion in particular uh it was very annoying when they <laughs> showed them skating in slow motion or show the like the sort of shaky slow motion of the crowd cheering it's a uh, it's i hate that i hate it everywhere i've seen it another place that you'll see a very similar thing is in the lord of the rings and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that when we cover cover those films but right every time frodo gets stabbed or something they'll show his face up close <laughs> and then uh, do a slow motion thing where he's it's like he's things are moving fast but it's slow motion and then you see like aragorn turn and boromir turn and sam turn and everybody's turning because is is he dead and we're all we gotta pad this out so it's three hours so we gotta do this really slow and then like show uh, just show frodo making a face also in slow motion it was a similar sort of like the problems with the lord of the rings we get into it really briefly here which is great great series of films do a great job uh-huh. at adapting the books um is is how they depict some of that stuff just too much use of weird slow motion and also how the elves just have kind of a weird like glow uh like uh, someone's shining just like you have a uh, the elves have... the elves are a real distraction in the cutting edge I, <laughs> they I are just like yeah, in lord yeah. of the rings they are a huge distraction i don't also, see why there are elves uh, in I've... in the cutting edge at all honestly it's kind of weird when you're done i've got a slow motion slow motion grape as well that goes in with the cutting edge fantastic uh, hold on to that story folks and anybody listening who was thinking about turning this off uh, hang mm. tight we got a slow yeah, motion we are, story we are, from we are, george we are we are all airing our grievances about slow motion right now. If you're in another room right now and you hear like your friend or roommate or, or spouse listening to this, run to the room, get uh-huh. in there with them so you can hear this slow motion story George has coming uh, at full volume uh, mm-hmm. as soon as you can. we got a few more minutes before we get there, but just know that that's coming. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and now you can tune this out while I'm talking. So the <laughs> so my favorite scene, well, let's get right into to my favorite scene. It's all about their relationship, really. And they yep. do have chemistry. It, they do work, which is which is what makes this movie work. And so my favorite scene is the role reversal, just like Ben described, starting at the bar and going all the way up oh. to when they're in her room together. Uh, just the fact that she's done with her fiance or boyfriend, and now she's like, like she's essentially throwing herself at him, and it's like insulted that. She's doing this and he won't accept it. And it's kind of, it, it actually makes him more interesting and that he's just like, we're friends yeah. at this point. Like, this doesn't even occur to me anymore. Um, and that she's so upset. And she is so upset. It's like, feels yeah. real. Their interaction in the, when they're in her room, yeah. it feels really real. When she's she really good. Really, she's drunk and yeah. mad at him that he, she's like, and she's like, I am throwing myself at you. It. And you want, it's right. just, it's really, it's great. It's, it's, she's yeah. fantastic in that scene. Uh, and, you guys and, are both right, yeah. And so that is, that whole stretch, and that's the best scene in this. And it's really the heart of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's something that elevates it to, to make it again, I, I do enjoy this movie. It's not a good movie, but I do like it 
uh, other than the slow motion shit. I, I do like the movie a lot. Uh, so it's a, but that scene in particular is very strong and it makes them feel like real people. So you that's know, my, that's my choice. It's so funny because if I really thought about it, that probably would, would have been my pick too. By the time that happened, I had kind of, I was like, well, I'm going to do the thing in the, in the bar. And I was, so I saw this when this came out and I, I, I enjoyed it. Okay. And I thought it was, but I also thought like people loved it because, you know, um, small publications were like giving it a good review and all of the kids at school loved it. And so I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is a, a success. I think that like, by the time that that scene happened, I had kind of ch- not checked out, but just settled in and like, okay, I don't have to like review this. I can just write down um, observances. Yeah, yeah. And um, but you're right. You guys are both right. That's um, that is a great scene in this movie, and it's it's really great work by Moira Kelly. It's great work by DB Sweeney, who also, I will say, he looks like a hockey player. He he like he's actually got a few hockey skating moves that look uh, authentic you know, for an actor. Um, yeah, he, he didn't look out of place. I wrote, like, the original Paul Rudd down. Oh, um, yes. My notes. All right, all right. Just got some Paul Rudd vibes. Sure, sure. Um, he's good, too. They're both good. Sure. Uh, one thing... But you know who's great? You know who's great? <laughs> Paul Rudd. Great guy. Paul Rudd's great. Fantastic Sexy actor. Lot. Beautiful Phoebe man. Sweeney. Hasn't aged a, hasn't aged a second since Clueless. Mm-hmm. It's, in, it's incredible. Um, can we go back to bagging on this movie? Now, see, I yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we can. Uh, yeah. we've, we've we've made our choices. Let's let's. Oh, we can go to slow mo. We can jump straight to slow mo. No, no, you're well, you're oh, our guest. Can I can, can I, I post my, my slow mo? Crit- okay, yes. This is okay. Hold on, hold on. Okay. All right, everybody. If you've been if you've been tuning it out, if you've stopped listening for a second, hey, this is then no, this get is, back, this, get back. George is about to do a slow mo problem. This is let's a, get back a, in here. Maybe a legitimate hot take. Um maybe the hottest one we've ever had. No, that's not true. Okay. Uh, same era, uh, a film from this same era that has a bit of slow motion that always bugs me because it looks so cheap and weird is in the beginning of Reservoir Dogs, the little green bag when they're slow-mo walking in Highland Park uh, right by mm. where I went to preschool. Uh, like, I know where that parking lot is that is uh, very close to where I grew up. Um, it's just there's a few little things where it's like, so it wasn't shot to be slow motion, but it was like mm-hmm. slowed down to be. And it just, it looks, I know it's a low budget film. I get it. I get it. It had a way lower budget than the cutting edge did, but still that's the thing that bugs me. And uh, I'm sure we'll revisit it when we finally get around to ever doing a Quentin Tarantino movie. If we ever do. So yeah. Slow motion, man. Let's talk about slow motion again before we dump back on this movie. Let's dump on slow motion a little bit more. That was yeah. a hot. That was a fire take, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was. That's going to get some angry letters to uh, into. I the mean, worst you scene. know, here's the thing: if someone is angry that I crumbed on Quentin Tarantino, I don't give a fuck. If you are angry that we've crumbed on Cutting Edge, I want to talk to you and want to let you know that I own the Cutting Edge and I've seen it a lot more than Blades of Glory, and I'll probably. See it uh, several more times before I die. So it's uh, I'm with you, I love you. We are together. That's that's what absolutely true. To my absolutely. fellow cutting edge fans or um, my fellow cutters. No, that's not good. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, so coming back into 
if Jesus I, Christ. I'm I would have cut that I'm, out I'm, if I if I did any editing. I would have cut that out. But here we are. So let's see, um, like a na- like a navel cutter. That's right. Or a cigar like cutter. A, uh, I'm like I'm a out. navel cutter. Is that like a ship? Isn't a ship yeah, like a, a ship? Uh, but that's not so good. Um, Okay. Well, I'm, yeah, now, I'm, I'm just now a liability on this episode. Now, uh, now you are. This is, this is not good. This, okay. But the um, but to complain more about slow motion, um, we talked. You you briefly, Ben. You briefly brought him up. You brought up our director of uh, Superman v Batman, director mm. of Three Hundred. Who's this guy? I'm sorry, I can't can't remember names now. I just had my third drink. Oh, Zack Snyder. Oh, Zack Snyder. There you go. I cannot tell you, and he seems like a uh, very nice man, uh, by the way. He seems like such yeah. a nice man, so I don't a dislike Zack Snyder. A good guy. Like a good guy. Like a great guy. Like, he, motherfuckers go to the mat for this guy. So. I cannot handle how every action scene he does in any of his movies is in slow motion. Yeah. It's always in slow mm-hmm. motion, and I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Imagine if Jackie Chan just put the slow-mo in all of his movies. Yeah. That's the same thing. Like, um, I, I know that the action in Marvel movies can be, it's not the best part of the Marvel film. It's, it's, the often, the, it's often the worst part. Um, but then the rest of the movie is really good. Uh, the problem with Zack Snyder's movies is that his action's really bad, and then it's in slow motion. And I can really tell when it's in slow motion that they're all just like in a room. That uh, I can just tell everybody's in a room. Like they're not wherever this is supposed to be happening. I can tell with it being so that they're just hanging well, out in a fairly small room with a green screen around them. I'll, I'll say that like he's just carrying on what the Wachowski started with the Matrix, like mm-hmm. where it's like all of a sudden like the boom and everything slows down. Oh yeah, that's that, true. That's true. But a lot of is... a lot of the action in the Matrix is not slow though. It goes sure. at like a normal normal pace. Sure. It's like a normal rate of speed. Uh, whereas almost every action scene in a Zack Snyder film gets slowed down, and I just can't, I just can't handle it. You know, I, we're talking about we're talking about odd couples. I would love to see a uh, an odd couple in the Matrix. Ooh, you know, yeah. like 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 Neo and Mister Smith like have an apartment together. They've both been divorced <laughs> recently. Mm. Uh, that's what we're like, gonna. Maybe that's like, what we're gonna see in Resurrections. And they like <laughs> bend over backwards, like with like one is one's dusting. Like uh, uh, Neo, I've got a dust where you are, and he goes whoa, and just like leans over backwards. Well, uh, Mr. Smith dusts over him. <laughs> uh, again, Hollywood. Just to let you know, George mailed that to himself in a, yeah, in a, yeah. in a self-addressed stamped envelope. Um, um, yeah, and also you can you can hire me um, and just uh, hire George at worst scene, and um, yeah, and bring him right on board. Let's get it done. We get like a. I'm just very excited to to have uh, like a a, 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 a catch all inbox and then yeah. never check it. Then two years later, we look and yeah. it's like, uh, it's it's like, like oh fuck, I could have gotten the job writing like it's Neil an email from the Matrix Five. It's an email from Lana Wachowski. Yeah, like I really love what I heard. Um, we're seeing. I would love for George to come on and write the next. I mean, like the next next fucking, Matrix movie, like a Matrix TV series, a Matrix sitcom TV series of, of an. I mean, I'm in. Yeah, you can do so much um, with that world. Yeah, there's just you can do so much. That's that's the thing. Yeah. So cutting edge. <laughs> so the cutting sorry, edge. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I yeah. have a, I have these copious notes. I I want to discuss these. Please. Oh, go. Do it. 
Please, so, this is this is your time now. I, I really went back and forth on this about whether this was a good movie. In fact, I, I texted Richard. Uh, it was like five minutes in. I can't <laughs> believe I thought that this could have been the better movie. And then, you know, halfway through, I was like, well, hold on. There is yeah. there's something here. I, you know, I'm not sure. But when I, you know, when I wrote down notes and I revisited it, I want to cut like this. There's just too many bad parts. So I want to talk about some of those bad parts. Like, yeah. One, the comedy. D.B. Sweeney has a couple lines that land, but like, honestly, mm-hmm. it's it's more misses than hits. There's just a lot of cringy jokes he'd say. I'd say Blades of Glory hits a lot, you know, freak, more frequently on, on its jokes. Um Another thing is this is music is horrible. Can we talk oh, about yeah. that? The music is so bad that my wife, who was yeah. you know had headphones on and was playing a video game and otherwise not paying attention at all, took her headphones off and said, "This is the worst music I've ever heard." And then put her headphones <laughs> back on. Was, um, you know, it was a time. There was a time. Yeah, um, really detracted from a lot of scenes for me. The music. Uh, I'm I sorry, mean, Patrick Williams original score. Um, there is a there is one great song in there. They call me Groove Master, Master Blaster. There's also B52 cover. Want to groove some more? Yep. That was. See? <laughs> See, there's a lot of great music in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've already we we we've proven you wrong here. All right. Oh, yeah. okay. Give us some more things to prove you wrong on. Let's hit us with. <laughs> I, I think the other thing is like there's not a lot of characters. I. Sure. So many of the characters are so. It's so weirdly insular like yes. four people in a fucking barn it is it is a movie about four people and it's like a play there there are other characters but they're so hollow um mm-hmm. the other figure skaters are just like sure. empty shells and, and when they introduce this the soviets and also just stereotypically the soviets they're like their only quality is i guess that they're really good <laughs> like that's it they they got sixes that's who you gotta be. Be afraid. There's nothing beyond that, um, which is so you know compared to Blades of Glory, where you know the, the there's actually villains and they're they're real yeah. people yeah. in the universe. It just it didn't feel. I think that also detracted from the skating because you're like, I don't even give a shit that you're gonna beat these people. They're just you know a bunch of blonde yeah. white people. They're just um, like sprites in a video game, you know? Yeah. I didn't like, yeah, I didn't like that. Similarly, it's like, there are these locations and they could be interesting. Like, hey, mm. we're at the Albert Olympics. We're in France. Did you know you yeah. were in France? I nope. don't even think you heard any French or anything, which could have been in Canada. This is filmed in Canada. You probably could have dragged out some French people to say something, right? <laughs> I versus say again blades of glory which is like we're in montreal and there's sort of the the snowflake who is the bonum because um that's part of the quebec winter festival i don't know if it's montreal or quebec city but that is definitely like a reference to the city they're skating on the ice in the city like the and and the mounties come out with andy richter later right like they at least who is canadian uh is he yeah, Andy Richter's Canadian. He's, he's absolutely Canadian. He feels Canadian. I, I, I'm pretty sure he's in uh, Chicago. I don't know about that. That's that's America's Canada. We get a newsletter, and I didn't see his name. So, um, you know, like just the movie does stuff with those facts. And and the worst of all, a similar version of this is Blades of Glory is set up on this sort of quirk of a storyline, like you're banned, but not from pairs. In mm-hmm. this version... Mm-hmm. 
you can't find a partner and there's a scene where they're like, well, why don't you just have her do singles? And the, and the father just kind of rolls his eyes and that's it. That's the whole reason that she doesn't do signals as far as I can tell, you know, just because that wouldn't be a movie. Right. And it just, I don't know, like those elements really took away of just not, you know, playing into the universe, not playing into the, the they set up, they set up concepts and forget them. Mm-hmm. Ah, you know, Anyways, yeah. that's why that's what ultimately led me to just say this is the inferior film, even though that relationship is really good. There it is. Uh, <laughs> is that throwing down the the, the no? I mean, no, you, I don't know. great, great. This that was great. pretty good. I looked at Andy Richter. Is from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Ah, I was Close. closer though. <laughs> Where'd you say he's from? Chicago. Chicago yeah. You were much Chicago. closer. To- Chicago is closer to Grand Rapids Mission than Canada. Not by much. Not by much, is, no. But it is closer. Yeah. So, well done. Well done. Um, yeah, no, Ben, you're you're right. You've presented, like, you've done the homework. You've really <laughs> presented, thesis. like, valid... And it's good for you to present these valid reasons, because this is a popular film. Mm-hmm. A film that I think all three of us like, and yeah. that and again, we, I, I I own on DVD. So and and I think it's probably true of all three of us as well. I I won't necessarily ever watch Blades of Glory again, but I will maybe in fifteen years I'll watch it again. But I will watch The Cutting Edge, probably, mm-hmm. yeah, twice a decade for the rest of my life. It's so not, it's, it's not a, a complete dismissal. It's a, no, yeah. I, I would I would have a party uh, to come over and watch. <laughs> the cutting edge we can all you know have like um ice skating drinks and you know popcorn as you do at the olympics that's right that's where popcorn's from Uh from canada from the canadian olympics can any of us name a modern figure skater right now uh who's still skating no no, I, I mean, mean like like uh, Elvis Stoiko. He's not skating anymore, right? Oh, that's a the, oh. I'm glad you brought up Elvis Stoiko. Well, Elvis I, Stoiko. I think that Will Ferrell used yeah. Stoiko's moves. We didn't touch on that. I was thinking about it. Elvis Stoiko was really Canadian figure skater. People don't know in the late '90s. You know, who, I'm a fan. Who sort of took figure skating from flamboyant, you know, dressage. <laughs> like something cool something kind of weird and cool yeah yeah no i i'm a fan of like that like johnny weir right Mm -hmm. oh yeah he's like let's let's get like let's get weird with it like if we're gonna be (laughs) like like let's not pretend to not be gay and like let's actually do a thing and let's be like who we are and i i really love that i think like the i don't know that there is something uh they're, big, they're larger about, than life. They're larger than life. Figure yeah, skaters. Like, and that's right. Fucking lean into it, uh, yeah. and and it's better. It's absolutely better. Um, so yeah, I am a begrudging fan of figure skating. I think that like ultimately, I don't like watching anything for too long. Uh, I realize now now there's way more curling on TV <laughs> than there's ever been before, and I don't need it. Um, I mean, I like it. I I know that it's like one of, it's like the bowling of the Olympics. Yeah, are we going to do a a curling movie 
breakdown now? I think there's oh, one. Well, well, has Will Ferrell made has Will Ferrell made a curling movie yet? Because <laughs> if anybody was going to, wouldn't it be Will yeah. Ferrell? Yeah. You know what? Since you're here, Ben, let's just bring our problems with Canada to yeah. uh, to the fore. There is a curling <laughs> movie, by the way. It's a Canadian film, Men with Brooms, 2002. Wow. Future reference. You check, oh, like... Leslie Nielsen's in it, so we can. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. okay. Oh, all right. All right. You got our interest now. You, you picked <laughs> our interest. Maybe we'll, what if we do like Cool Running is the good movie, uh-huh. and that's the bad movie, just uh-huh. because it's like lesser seen. Not that it's a bad movie. Yeah, this could go together. Yeah. Especially if we don't know if Men with Brooms goes into Olympic territory, it might. I, I hope I would so. Hope so. <laughs> also, why the fuck would you curl if you're not going to be in the Olympics? Yeah, yeah. what are you doing? I, that's got to be, it may not be now, but I, 20 years ago, if you wanted to be in the Olympics and you were an American, mm. you could probably do some curling, get in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Like, no problem. Seems obtainable. Seems like, like maybe it, not now, but but a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Whereas whereas thirty years ago, if you want to get into the Hair Olympics, you would absolutely do some curling. <laughs> I guess the Hair Olympics. If you don't come in there with a curl, you're you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it to the top ten. Yeah, oh, it's kind of like it's kind of like darts, but Olympics. Oh, yeah. You know, like like Good yeah. Lord. Have, have you guys watched darts? Like watching darts is incredible. It's I can tell like, you the things that they will watch in like the United Kingdom. It's insane. To entertain themselves. They'll watch people play darts. It's watch like people you... play pool or what it's they like... are their version of it, snooker. Snooker. Yeah. You it's like you guys once conquered the majority of the world. What? What's this now? Sorry. Yeah. Like man. This is what that's what they do over there. They uh they watch darts, they watch snooker. They let they put on porn on their regular TVs at like ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a weird However, place. they also uh, made a fertile ground to make uh, the great movie American World from London, like the, which is they a did. parody of uh, London 81. Also, there's uh, some great stories with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton about the making of Batman, where they're talking about like watching uh, snooker and darts on TV. Uh, so I would uh, like, seek those out. I won't do a good job doing an impersonation of either of those guys, but it's it's wild to think of London as being a place to cheaply make films in the eighties. Right, right, like Full Metal Jacket and Batman Empire One. Strikes Back and sure. and The Shining being filmed at the same time on two different sound stages yeah. at the same studio in in London. Wow! All yeah, right, very much. That has a lot to do with what we were talking about today, so I'm glad we brought it up. I guess this brings us now to our our, our third and final segment of today's podcast, Ooh. in which we determine what was better, the worst scene in the good film or the best scene in the not-so-good film. Um, George, since uh, you... I, I have a question. Can I change my best scene? You know what? I think we can allow it. I think I think we can allow it since we there's still time. You still have time. We have. I've, I didn't finish I've, my sentence, so you still I've, have time I've, to change I've your I've really scene. I've really thought about it, and like realistically, the scene you guys have both chose uh, selected uh, is the one that like really hit. This time, this viewing, that I know I've already said it before, but that that was good. That that really. Um, it's like the the best of what they both do as actors. That one scene mm. where they're getting drunk, yeah, 
And also, they're really showing people how to drink tequila properly, which is very <laughs> fucking important. Fitting a PSA into mm-hmm. a best mm-hmm. scene <laughs> is wow. Yeah, so I've gotta, you know, I've got to do it. I've got to. I've got to. I'm, I'm going to go for that. So we are now all aligned. We're all aligned on the best scene. So now the question is, are we all aligned on what was better? And so I'm just going to start, since you introduced our our best film, George. I will start and say that the scene that we've all chosen as the best scene in Cutting Edge is better than watching Napoleon Dynamite eat toilet paper. So... (laughs) And that is, is that for me. So that's I'm gonna go with Jeepers, creepers. Ooh, tough right. call, tough call. Has there ben, ever been? To... Oh, oh, I mean, I I agree. I didn't choose the toilet paper. I chose sort of the whole, um, you know, relationship. Jenna Fisher, John Heater. I didn't want to see it, even though I understood how it did the story. I mean, I agree. And and well, I'll turn it over to you, George. No, I mean, have you? Do you want to pick? Do you want to go, or do you want to you go last? Picked. Oh, I just picked. I agree. You, you picked. All right. So you said you. All right. Great. Cutting edge. It's great. Oh boy. All right. So I've got the um, move into absurdity and the the sobbing. Yeah, I'm I'm going um, cutting edge, baby. Cutting edge. We are in agreement. Not only on that, the best scene is better than the worst scene in this case. We're also in agreement on the scene itself. A rare. A rare uh, triple crown here on 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 the podcast. Oh, that so makes that sense because of the horse burgers. It does. We talked about horses earlier, so there's a lot of just a lot of there's a real reward if you really paid attention to mm-hmm. it. Cutting edge really punches up with that scene. Really, really, you know, moves up a class. It and really also, does. like, all right, before we right, before we get too like crass about things, when he when they say that they love each other, like right before the end, I, I fucking it's great. I'm on board. Yeah, I'm beautiful. on board. I love uh, again. I own this movie on DVD. I don't own the other movie on DVD. Like I will watch this again, hopefully before I die. Hopefully it's not tomorrow. Uh, moving on. I hope I agree. Hopefully not tomorrow as well. Because yeah, we've got some love stuff you, George. We got some stuff love scheduled. <laughs> um, yeah. um, it's good to get like an "I love you" where you don't roll your eyes. Uh, that's, that's hard right. to get. Oh no, no, yeah. no! Richard and I, yeah, like we 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 like pretend to like not like each other on a podcast. <laughs> It sucked. It, it felt sucked. weird. So, yeah. It influenced our next episode of this podcast, I feel like. And like yeah, we like were, we were thrown we're off. Like, yeah. Really glommed onto each other now. So it, it's good. Yeah, we're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> much like much like the D.B. Sweeney and Moira Kelly. Sorry. And, sorry. and the cutting edge. Um, so... You said before we get too crass, like what was what was our what was your plan for us to get really crass, George? Was going to be what were we oh, just not start? crass, no, just like um, too far gone on like our, yeah. our horse meat Arby's burgers. You know? I mean, well, here's the thing: this is all about Canada. We got Ben here yes, today. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. So, and we agreed on two things. Mm-hmm. The, the the only a number of things we could agree on, possibly, which means that you go into any smokes poutinery. Oh uh, and, shit! Oh shit! It has to be in Missouri. You go into any smokes poutinery and a participating smokes poutinery in Missouri. I think they close uh, the one in Berkeley, by the way, b- before so we... Thanksgiving. Oh, great! So I can do it out here too. So <laughs> any, any smokes poutinery in Missouri or the San Francisco Bay Area, um, if it's participating, uh, you can get a free, mm-hmm. uh, free poutine. You gotta let them know you saw this episode. Mm-hmm. 
That's you have to let them know you saw this particular episode. You have to call well, actually, Ben, so you have to, ben you have by to... name. You have to know Ben's last name, which we have not said on the podcast. And you need to say Ben's full name, last name, and Topic. And you have to say Topic, Ben's full name, and then Topic, and then it's still up to them to determine mm-hmm. whether whether you actually deserve it. Like they are <laughs> yeah. participating, but they determine whether you deserve it or not uh, yeah. at the moment. And so this is in Missouri or the San Francisco Bay Area, and go to any smoke routinery uh, and say Ben's full name, and then follow that with Topic, and either they will just simply bring you some some poutine. Or they will look at you confused. If they look at you confused, as always, be cool, mm-hmm. yeah. be kind, be good. Just buy some poutine while you're there. That's yeah. that's that's what you can do. You can just accept that you were not worthy mm-hmm. of the free poutine. I mean, I, this is not on you. If I went in there, I might not be worthy of the poutine. That's not. It's not about how good you are of a person. It's just about that moment for that for that person working at Smokes Poutinery. Um, it's not. There's not. It's not like a. It's not like a greater value judgment. No. Or, or anything. No. Don't take it that way. And again, if anyone pulls a shotgun on you, just back away. Always. Uh, this has nothing to do with us because, um, you know, fuck all those guys. Yes. Maybe fuck at the poutinery in, in Missouri, that could be a possibility. You could actually that, that could be an issue. Yeah. <laughs> at Smokes Poutinery in Missouri, that could actually happen. Um, so if someone uh, orders you to get off their property, uh, you know, just do it, and then let us know. And uh, yeah. you know, don't just go on someone's property, by the way, and ask for poutine on the authority of the worst scene podcast. Yeah, that's not going to work out. Yeah, yeah. Don't ring my doorbell and do that. When I hate my doorbell, it sounds that's like true. It sounds like a. It sounds like when you walk into like a convenience store and it makes a little. Like sound, you know, you walk through the door. Every it's time the doorbell annoying. rings, I'm like, I want to have a a sour straw. I was like, ooh, you know. And my, on our, on the episode of of uh, of uh, Great Samaritans that we were on, yes, uh, my doorbell does ring in the background, and mm-hmm. Monica and I were listening to that episode, and then the doorbell rang, and Monica's like, "Well, you get it." It was such a. It was like, no, that was on the podcast. That wasn't our doorbell ringing right now. That was just ah, on ah. the podcast um, that we were listening to. It's like midnight. Nobody's ringing my doorbell. And certainly, if they are, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to go get it right now at midnight. There's oh. there's a tendency of people. There's a bar on the ground floor of yes. my building. Um, you can try to use that to find me. There's only like five thousand bars in San Francisco at the ground floor building. So good luck. But the and people will be drinking down there. There's a table that's usually right near my doorbell. Now, people will lean now, against it all the time. They will be drinking from 11 a.m. on to uh, 2 a.m. or 1.30 yes. a.m. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Great bar, though. Great bartenders. I went down to just take my recycling down last Friday. And when I and it was like 11. And as I was doing it, the bartender, like, do you, you want a shot? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Like, yeah, I'll have hey. a shot. <laughs> and, uh, and then the bar, me and the bartender did a shot as I was throwing my recycling away down in the basement, which they have a a, a um, they have like a, a hidden bar in the basement at this uh, at this bar in the ground floor of my building. It's beautiful down there. It's really cool. Wow. All right, I'll start bringing right. my recycling over to your house. Uh, yeah, start bringing the recycling over. Get a free shot. 
free shot with every every bag of recycling here Terrific. at my house. Okay, so where are we at? I think so. We've done all the things. Yes. We we we've done the we've chosen our best and worst scenes. We've chosen what was better, which was the worst scene yes. in the cutting edge, which means we're here at the end. Ben, uh, are you speaking at any software engineering conferences soon that you would like to promote? <laughs> Or are there any other causes you'd like to promote? Yeah, is there anything you want to promote? Um, oh, pro pro promote a cause? Jeez, I wasn't prepared Just promote, for that. Promote anything you want. Promote yourself. Promote donate, anything. What? Donate to your local food bank. That's a good idea. Oh, um, that's terrific. Absolutely. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's oh, good. no. no if, 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 there's an, if there's an opportunity to come back, I, I'll set this up, okay, in my sort of Toronto. Oh, yeah, no, you're coming back. Oh, okay, yeah, so back. I, I want to pitch you on something, especially since Dune. Dune yeah. is a, it's a film, I'm told, that uh, maybe. Denny Villeneuve is a Canadian, right? That's right. And so listen, I, I brought this up. I was like, hey, Scott Pilgrim, Toronto. I was upset. There are mm -hmm. shockingly, obviously, there's a huge film industry here, but Toronto is more of a place where it's like, let's take the front of a building and let's yeah, make it look big, like New York, right? Yeah. Big New York, yeah. There's not a lot of films set here. There's only a handful. One is Scott Pilgrim. Another one, which I don't know if you've seen, is a Villeneuve film, which is Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Possibility for the future. Oh, okay. I'm oh, interested. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm I have not. I have not seen it, but yes. Yeah, I don't know if it falls under the merit of, you know, because it's good. I don't know, but but yeah. But anyways. yeah, we we might do that. Like that's like we'll do like maybe um uh what's the the high school movie he was in. Oh yeah, he was Donnie, in uh, Donnie Darko and that. Donnie Darko, yeah. Because like that was like sort of uh, people were like, yeah, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Mm, oh yeah, it's always great. Like like uh, two people who are good at things. Like yeah, you made a movie and it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, so it's not good. Uh. <laughs> right. I'm just like. <laughs> that's my my take on like film Did y'all all have like a bad movie? I don't know. It's kind of okay. Uh, oh wait, uh, Prince of Persia. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, there we go. Oh, you, yeah. you found it. Mm. <laughs> bingo, bango. <laughs> Boom. That's a bingo. Yeah. I wonder if that's the movie he's made the most money from, though. <laughs> oh, terrific. There, right, we'll do that. Well, maybe there's like Donnie Darko on that. Uh, anyway, but well, there, yeah, we'll we'll figure out a way. But like we, Ben, we want you to be back on the show. Yeah, uh, you're you're you've got a great analytic mind. It's terrific. Oh, I had a great time. Thanks, thanks for having yeah. me. We definitely want you to be back on here, and we could do something. We could do a Toronto film, one of the few, versus oh, like a San Francisco love, film. Does Enemy it. have a large monster in it of some kind? I think it has a. I think it has like a moment where there's a monster in the sky and it's like, is this real? Cause it's Villeneuve. It doesn't actually, it's not a character in the story. It's more of a sort so of like psychosis. So it's a giant monster. So we could do that versus the like Godzilla <laughs> like, reboot. That's in like, San Francisco. No, no. Like what are like, uh, we could do a Toronto film versus like, um, I don't know. Uh, uh, we could do, we could do sort of like, films that are obviously filmed in toronto oh yeah that, versus like maybe yeah. versus uh like um god damn what's the gene hackman movie that's filmed 
in San Francisco. God damn it, Richard. You Are know you what thinking I'm about, about the conversation? The conversation. Something like the Toronto version of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or we could do we could do a movie that is like in New York that's clearly set in Toronto versus a movie oh. in San Francisco that's clearly been filmed in Vancouver and make that oh, be yeah, that's something. That's something. There's some weird ones out there, like um Yep. Yep. Uh, oh geez. Norm Macdonald just passed his way. Great talent, great Canadian talent. Yeah. His film with Dave Chappelle and Danny DeVito. I oh, yeah, right. Which is sort of like, wow, that happened, but it's not like a great movie. That is said, I think, right. in Philadelphia, but you definitely see the CN Tower prominently in a couple scenes. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know if that counts with it, but you know, maybe it's a, a Norm MacDonald redux revisiting um yeah <laughs> the greatest we the do greatest. need to do some norm mcdonald stuff um, yeah yeah um, he's yeah. the greatest all right we'll, we'll we'll figure it out and uh but anyway we're, we'll get into the uh the finale here right i think we're, we're... yeah this is where yeah. we're coming up on two hours of recording so we should probably should probably bring it to uh bring yeah. it to a close um well it's it's uh it's been an absolute pleasure uh hanging out with both of you for these uh, last few hours or however long the uh, episode is. Um, and uh, Ben, I really hope you'll, uh, you'll be back for a future episode. Absolutely. That was literally my only goal. Well, oh, you've achieved you. it. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. 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 Uh, I had a lot of fun. Thanks so much. And thank you. And now to close us out, let's hear a little groove master. <laughs> 